Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 221 of the Spoiler Alert Podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the new action thriller Mission Impossible Fallout, starring Wes Bentley and Wolf Blitzer. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm eager to talk to talk to you about this film. Uh, I have not checked Rotten Tomatoes in a couple of days. This movie opened uh, about two weeks ago now. And but, but before it opened, per Rotten Tomatoes, this was the best reviewed movie of Tom Cruise's career. Wow. Not just of the Mission Impossible franchise. He's never had a better reviewed movie by Rotten Tomatoes. That's something to say. He's been in a lot of movies. Now, I want to go back to I want to go back to movies. He's that, been in some very well-received movies. It's not like this isn't the best of David Spade's career. Right? I so mean, this you, is Tom Cruise. If, if you say that it's the best reviewed of his career, but it was pre-Rotten Tomatoes era. Are, are they counting Rain Man amongst this? Are they counting Yes. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is still an you know a review aggregator. I'm sure that there were written and posted reviews. They go back and say, "Hey, um, Rolling Stone gave it four stars out of four. That's oh, fresh. Okay. They gave okay. it one star out of four. That's rotten. And so it just kind of falls in that category. Then that's I how think that Tomatoes okay. Works. Then that's kind of impressive, actually. All right, all right. And even even Interview with a Vampire, your favorite film of his. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, I celebrate his whole I mean, catalog. But. Right. It was nominated for Best uh, Supporting Actor for Magnolia. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's I mean, right. He's, he's been in some some highly prestigious films, not just Top Gun and six Mission Impossible films. I mean, the guy's been around the block a few times. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. I was, walking in, I thought, wow, really? The best reviewed. That's really something. Also, I real quick wanted to touch on, um, we don't do this very often, but sometimes I... I secretly judge a movie I'm about to watch by the trailers that precede it. <laughs> and I know that's a little that. bit tough yes, in the summer <laughs> because it's just a free for all as far as what you see. But did you see the trailer before this movie or have you seen the trailer for the new Godzilla sequel? I did not. I walked in 30 seconds before the movie started. You have to watch this trailer. It looks burr nanas. Is it, is it, it the is, sequel to the Godzilla we loved so much? It is well. We watched both of them, and I remember disliking both, but I can't remember which one I disliked more strongly. Right. Probably the '97 one with Matthew Broderick, because it just had to have been. I feel like more I might have liked made. that one a little bit more. But You're anyway. a big Hank Azaria fan, anyway. So, the, listeners, if you get a chance, check out on YouTube the trailer for Godzilla: King of the Monsters. It is the, the most insane trailer I've seen in a long time. And you can bet we will be reviewing that movie when it comes out next next year. Fantastic. I can't Sounds wait. great. All well, right. hey, buddy, let's, let's dig into Mission Impossible Fallout. Why don't you hit us with a succinct plot recap? I'm going to try to be tight about Mission Impossible Fallout. It's another installment in the Ethan Hunt elegy. Ology. What do you call that? Whenever, whatever six movies is, it's, it's an G. And he needs to find plutonium about to be sold to some terrorists. And if you think that this sounds like Back to the Future, rest assured, it's a critically acclaimed summer blockbuster with tons of fresh ideas. Ethan uses a core team of his anti-government special agents to track down the perpetrators, constantly shadowed by the CIA. Is the CIA good? Are they bad? Ask Donald Trump. 
We've got to find those plutonium cores before they can be used in nuclear weapons. There's a cross, double twist, triple cross, unexpected love triangle, kind of, and a helicopter dangling off a cliff. And that's Mission Impossible 6. Hey, that was pretty succinct for Yeah, I, I thought I did well on that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you think of the movie? I thought it was good. I liked it. I thought it was fun. How about you? I gotta just tell you, I love the way you... I thought it was good. Like, <laughs> your voice went up about a third of an octave there, as you just sort of like, it was fine. When my wife accuses you me, like, no, like your voice thing. got really high. You're not really liking this. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like you telling me about, like, a, a sandwich you had yesterday. <laughs> it was good. It's good. I mean, I, I got it at a gas station. It was fine. It was kind of better than I thought it would be. You know, it's clearly I, been in there a I while. Can't, I, I can't hide it. What, what did you think? It had mayo on there. I was a little <laughs> nervous, and I didn't die. Um, I actually really enjoyed this film. Okay. So let me say up front that I kind of can't believe that the Mission Impossible franchise is still happening, mainly because it's all the same movie, and all the cliches that you mentioned are so pervasive. And it... Going in, and as I sat there, I think, gosh, I can't handle another movie where Ethan Hunt might be a mole or the government thinks he's a mole and there's a double cross and then there's – you can't trust your own agency and then there's a triple cross of a double cross and everyone goes rogue and can't we just have a movie where the good guys are good guys the bad guys are bad guys and the mission is straightforward yet difficult? Mm -hmm. Maybe even some may say – impossible Impossible. (laughs) right so all of those things that annoy me about this franchise were there but i thought this movie was funnier than most i thought the action was awesome way better than the last several the stunts are great the chases are great the music was really fun and really well done and i think this movie might use location um locations in europe better than any movie i've ever seen so oh. I thought it was great. I definitely agree with you that the chases were good. And there were some nail-biting moments. There were actually some moments where I was kind of turning my head aside, like, anxious about what was going on. I, I don't like heights. And that yeah. played a factor in this as well. Yeah, but I, I do feel like I've seen this movie before. And, I, I mean, several times, and you could throw every James Bond movie into it. When we were reviewing Skyscraper, you went through the list of, if you expected this to happen, and, and so I started jotting those down throughout, like, if if this movie doesn't have a police chase, where the police are the bad guys, and they're obstructed by a giant semi-fruit truck... I will I will throw my popcorn in the air, but thank God it happened three times. Like, right. I mean, th- there's no fresh ideas here, right? Like, maybe they use the cinematography of Eastern Europe a little bit better, but we've seen this movie before. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, and I think that, I, I agree. And I, I, too, thought of Skyscraper while watching this, because Skyscraper had every one of those cliches, and they were done very poorly, and it was lazy and it was just bad from start to finish. Whereas I felt like this movie, it is the same movie over and over and over. This is the same movie we've seen, whether it's James Bond or Jason Bourne or any of those, these kind of action adventure movies. But I thought they they just implemented these ideas way better 
than even the Mission Impossible franchise has done previously. I mean, by contrast, the the last movie, Rogue Nation, I thought was really bad. I mean, Mission Impossible Five, I thought was a real dog. Did we? And did we see that movie? Did we? we did, I, I don't know. There's no way to know. There's no <laughs> way to find out. We can't even go back to our own archive. As I, I just, I need to interrupt you and say, as I was watching this, I'm like, how many of these have I seen? Did I see one? Did I, I? I think that I at least saw two before this. At least two of them, but I couldn't remember if I've seen all of them. I've and, seen anywhere and, between. Two and six of them. Well, number five is really bad. And number five has one of the worst villains in this series and any series in a character named Solomon Lane, played by actor Sean Harris. And and Mission Impossible Fallout even brings him back. I mean, you took the worst villain in the history of your franchise and you let him be in another movie as the main villain again. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a hundred reasons why Mission Impossible Fallout should be an armpit of a film. And instead I just thought, wow, they're really executing this. Well, the, the stunts really are remarkable. Tom Cruise's halo jump is amazing. Yeah. His jump off the building is incredible. Dangling off the crazy ball of twine off the helicopter. He, he had to pilot a helicopter and I guess control the camera. So that is was he built really doing like, in. I don't know at, at what, at what end he stops doing his stunts. But, what, like, was he really halo jumping off of the plane? It's all PR, so who knows? Okay. But what I've read and heard is that he did the halo jump and that, in fact, it required him to do 100 jumps out of a plane to get it right. Dang. And now, that's real commitment. And the, and the other thing that these movies have over some of the other films that we see that are action movies, and certainly more so than Skyscraper, is the amount of stunt work that they're doing in camera live on set we talked during our special oscar episode about hey there should be an academy award for best right um stunt work and here's your here's a prime example this sure. isn't all green screen this isn't just cgi they didn't just throw a wire on him pull him across the street and then they're going to make it look like he's in outer space there were people on motorcycles there are people crashing cars there are people halo jumping out of planes not to mention a cameraman who had to halo jump out of a plane. Yeah, right. Right. No one, no one talks about him or her. Uh, <laughs> that guy deserves before, an award. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's straight up. I don't know if you remember the the Jason Bourne, the Bourne Ultimatum movie with Matt Damon. There was that sequence where where Matt Damon or the stuntman actually runs and jumps out of one building across like a an alleyway and through the the glass doors of another building. Well, the camera actually follows him right over. So the cameraman had to run and jump over off a building over the thing with a freaking camera tied to him. Again, these people deserve uh, a lot of credit. Is there anything you liked about this movie? No, I actually liked quite a bit of it. And uh, I think that the acting in this was really good. I like Tom Cruise as an actor and I liked him in this film as well. I think that he looks eternally good and exciting in this role. I think that he's fantastic in this role. This is the role he was born to play. I think he's made it that way. And 22 years after the original, he's really made the role his own. And I love that they're finally giving the character a little bit of weight and gravitas. And he's tired and he's haunted by things that have happened in the yeah. past. And he's not just a robot who can do anything. He still is a robot that can do anything, but apparently he's got a little bit of emotional baggage, which I thought really added. And that was to me again, a real negative to the film is that 
the action is great. The stunts are amazing. They finally have given some weight to Ethan Hunt and his character, played by Tom Cruise. So why are we just retreading all the same old tropes? It still feels like the script is a color by, you know, paint by numbers. It's like a Mad Lib of, you know, what has escaped? Was it the knock list? Was it an evil virus? Or was it plutonium? It was plutonium in this one. You you just (laughs) circle one and keep on moving. And it feels like if you can do everything else so well, why not spend the extra couple of weeks to get the script to a place where you don't need to be lazy with these other things? It doesn't add anything. No one really expects Henry Cavill's CIA agent to be a good guy the whole way through. Not least of which because you spoil it in the trailer that he ends up being a bad guy. So that sh- but also in the movie you don't explain why he's a bad guy. He just has to turn because we know he's going to turn and sure. be a bad guy. So I, I just don't know why they they have to do that. And unfortunately, I think that the last several Bond movies are following the same problem where Bond has to go rogue every time. He can't just get a mission and go do the mission. Halfway through, it's got to be, well, the, the government doesn't want you to do it. And you've gotta, you're going to go out on a limb. And it, it's just laziness. Well, I think that's a tough thing about this genre now is, as you said, it's it's Bond. It's Mission Impossible. It's uh, the Jason Bourne. Like, I, of, all of them kind of blend together now with that same tired story. Yeah. But overall, I really actually did enjoy the movie. I think the action scenes were very exciting. I love the scene where Ethan Hunt has to drive the truck into the truck to force it off the yeah. the bridge into the water. That was that was freaking exciting. And, and I loved his cavalier attitude at it. He didn't look nervous. He looked kind of annoyed that he had to wait so long to do it. And... I loved the the scene where he jumped uh, into the sewer and got on the raft to escort him to safety. I I thought that all of those were really fun little twists that that in a tired genre kept me interested. Well, and that chase scene through Paris, like I said, I I think this movie used... It's not like they shot it all on a soundstage... And then for the last week or two of production, they went to Paris and London and quick shot some exteriors. They clearly were in Paris for a long time. They were clearly in London. You know, he's not just walking past Big Ben. He's running on landmarks. He's running through famous buildings on the rooftops of famous buildings on the top of a bridge. I mean, everything about it, I just was blown away. Like, this is really exciting and cool. And I've never seen... Paris and London in done so well in, in this type of movie, even in movies that like the Bond movies where they take place largely in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that Paris chase was awesome. I mean, from a car chase standpoint, what kills me though is amazing chase all over town. Can't believe how exciting it is. And yet the guys who he evaded at the very beginning of the chase, they catch him right at the end. Like they know, <laughs> like, it's... well, how do they know to show up and they caught him here? I mean, he was just on a 25-minute chase through the streets of Paris. He's all over the place. He lost the police. He went underground, under the, you know, he's suddenly on a boat, and pops up are. in a random yeah. building, and the guys are right outside. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just because that's what you needed the screenplay to do, and I just hated that. I didn't like the stupid cliches. I didn't like uh, the villain, Solomon Lane. He is the least scary villain of all time with the worst voice. Yeah. He is almost impossible to understand. And he's supposedly playing 
this ruthless killer who's one of the most violent and awful humans of all time. And yet he seems like, I don't know, like a, like a mean UPS driver or a surly milkman, just somebody that you would never be afraid of. You'd be annoyed by mildly, but not afraid of or disgusted by. I agree. I I didn't like that. And I, I think that it got a little overly twisty, you know, I mean, you could see, you could see that the, the CIA dude was probably a bad guy. He was a total douche from the beginning. I actually thought that maybe he wouldn't. He would just be a douche and not a like a villain. And wouldn't that so have been was, fresh? Wouldn't have that have been a great idea? Right, right. He's just kind but, of a prick. But no, he was. He, yeah, he was a villain, a and yeah. you know. So, so there were nine twists at the end. <laughs> I did set my watch when I saw that the timer, the timer on the bomb, only had seven and a half minutes. I'm like. Are we going to actually keep this to seven and a half minutes? But no, it was 18 minutes after that that they they finally cut the wire. And I'm like, man, you're really asking me to suspend disbelief that all of these things aren't happening real time. Like, that, that, forgot, that, that, was, that was a cliche that I couldn't get past this time. I forgot about that. Because that one, I mean, again, you're, you're right. This movie has every cliche in it, right down to the ticking bomb. That they they cut at the one second mark. Like, it doesn't get more cliche. And yet, I just thought, well done. Like, I could, I, I was, like, half of my brain was really annoyed with it. But the other half, like, the pleasure centers were all just being pinged so much by the adventure and the music and the acting and the cinematography and the stunts where I was like, you know what? I I knew, I knew coming in what I was going to get. And this movie delivered and it delivered well, unlike Skyscraper, which sucked rocks. That <laughs> you know movie what? was terrible. You, you say that it delivered, and I would say it exceeded. I think that the cinematography on this was fantastic. And in that final scene where they cut the wire at the one second, and Tom Cruise is hanging off the cliff, and you're looking off into the distance, they fake you, They it, it, you see the sun, and you think the bomb went off, right? Like, nukes deployed... And it's just the sun, and he he reaches himself to safety, and it was a satisfying moment. It, it was an applause-worthy moment in the theater. I did like this movie, despite my jokes in the, the plot, but... What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with the mission brief that starts this and every Mission Impossible movie? There's always the little recording. Right. Right. Ethan, here's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? Well, this one, there's like a full on animated film slash PowerPoint. And I just thought, who makes that? Whose job is it like at the Impossible Mission Force headquarters saying, okay, plutonium has been stolen. We got to give this guy's mission brief. I'm going to cook up some cool icons and I've got this new graphics program where I can take like a picture of Solomon Lane, the bad guy from the last movie, and then we'll 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 take a little arrow from his face to a bunch of other faces, but they're blacked out with question marks on them. That's right, and then I'll right. add some music. Like it just was <laughs> such a multimedia presentation. It it could not have been that way when this was a television show in the sixties, right? No, like it no. was not it was that a exciting. And I I mentioned the same scene in my notes what's up with the fact that he has to like finger prick himself to get them the message like with like a blood sample like couldn't you do a freaking retina scan or like a fingerprint scan they've like they've done those before 
Oh, they this have? Is, this, like, yeah, oh, yeah. So, this, is, like, this is the new one. This yeah, is gotta, the new thing? Like, because yeah. you could always cut a dude's finger off and get the message or something? Like, I was just like, oh, dude, like, that would have, like, sent me away immediately. Like, I don't want to stick my finger. That hurts. And it takes, like, four days for that little wound to heal. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been later, like, like, he's trying to touch something, and he's like, the tip of his finger is just a little sensitive? <laughs> like, he's like, ah. Like, he's trying to pick up a gun, he's like, damn, he's got to shoot with his middle finger, because his index is, like, a little sore still. <laughs> he's got, like, diabetes, but he's kind of afraid of checking his insulin, so like, that's, that's got him upset. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just wondering, like, what's next? Like, you have to, like... Chop off one of your nuts and like throw it right, on a platter. Right. And, like we're just gonna analyze this guy's nut. Little fecal matter, like they know what he ate the other day before, right, and they gotta check right, him. Right, right. What's up with? There's a scene where where Ethan Hunt walks into a, a hospital room and there's a TV playing and he touches a button and a physical button on the front of an LCD television that mutes the television. Why would he do that? What? They, those no, don't even what? exist. They do not exist. There is nobody who makes a flat panel like LCD 4K TV that put a physical button on the front of the TV to mute it. That you can just walk by and just tap it and it no, mutes it. it. It's got like they a little knob a that you have button. to turn all the way to the left to click off the volume. You got to like yeah. reach on the back of it or you have to have two remotes. No. It was like I was instantly like, no, this is unbelievable. There was a sequence with a, a self-driving car. I didn't bat an eyelash, but a physical button on the front of like an LG TV to mute it? No way. No. I know you're lying. <laughs> no no way could that possibly happen. What's up with the most horribly constructed men's room in the history <laughs> yes. of buildings? Being in this what looks like a gorgeous palace in Paris that is also home to a nightclub is the scene of a 10 minute fight and there you, you can easily rip the pipe off a wall below the sink right you can crash through a wall toilets falling off the floor it is the abs it's like a a men's room constructed out of styrofoam that, that that's what we've got and that's the fight scene for the intro of this movie. There's also, it's a, a men's room in a, there's like a rave going on outside with 10,000 right, people right. out there. And but only like four guys like ever need to pee. Two guys in the bathroom, right? Yeah, right. Sorry. <laughs> Nobody comes in there like, no, I, I've, I've gone to Vegas. You go into the bathroom there, you're waiting to pee for right. a while. Like right. you just got to get right back in line. And uh, th- this is like largely empty. You got sixty-two stalls in there, but nobody's coming in. Right. What's up with how well Tom Cruise, Angela Bassett, and Alec Baldwin have been aging? Oh, they're they fantastic all look fantastic. Looking. Yeah. And yet, what's up with, by contrast, Ving Rhames? Absolutely, he looks. He, he looks rough. Does not look long for this world in this no, one. He, he looked. He looked like he's been living hard. What's up with the villain that they they get his intel because they've faked out that the bombs went off and he's in a hospital bed, handcuffed to the bed? How did Tom Cruise actually not kill him? I know that this was all a fake out after the fact, but his teeth were so hideous <laughs> that I feel like he probably needs to die. Like if that guy you had think been left, la- should have murdered him because of his dental care. 
and and the fact that he was laughing so hard at him like i know that this was all a ruse and it was this was actually i think before the title cards was that like was that scene actually before the title cards the the title cards came in like 20 you minutes might be in. right yeah it yeah was a while. yeah it, it, it was early in the movie and uh like the way that he laughed and he had those like just dark nasty gnarly gross things between his teeth Little and raisins. he kept laughing at him i'd be like i know this is all supposed to be for fun but i need to kill this guy <laughs> i actually need to kill him i, I saw his I, teeth <laughs> i don't know how he escaped that yeah yeah why are we still trying to make henry cavill happen and in fact this movie has wes bentley in it as well and it's like is he still a thing Wes, why don't Wes, we just add Jai Courtney in here? Like, why are these actors still getting work and people are, like, trying to shoehorn them into things? No one goes to see the new Henry Cavill film. No Wes, one. Wes Bentley was in the opening title cards, which was 20 minutes into the movie. Right. And I kept trying to figure out who he was throughout the movie. I'm like, well, he's got to be in here somewhere. He doesn't show up until the last 15 minutes. And uh, then I obviously instantly recognized him like how did he get an opening title card in that and what did i last see him in i don't know i don't know either my last one what's up with what's up with um after the london chase when Cruz is running all over london a couple miles across rooftops out a window climbing this huge tower hanging from the bottom of an elevator gets all the way up top and he's got, like, a little bit of sweat on his brow. <laughs> Can you even for one second imagine how sweaty you would be if you were, if you, even if you could physically do what he just did, it would be like I just jumped in the river. It would be so revolting. This, and yet he, his hands aren't even, like, moist. This week I played trivia with my colleagues in Dallas, and it was warm outside, and I was stressed about the trivia and I was wiping sweat from my face the entire night with a stack of napkins. It was it was the most humiliating night of my life because trivia we, made you sweat that hard. We were struggling with the movie and music trivia because it was so weird their format that they used. Also, I remember Tom Cruise in the firm. Remember in that scene where he's chasing or being chased, and then he has to hold himself up perpendicular yep. to a pipe. Over Wilfred Brimley in that room, and there's like sweat dripping from his brow. So he's got a he's got a sweat at some point. This is well, that was thirty years ago. Maybe his face is all full of Botox. <laughs> Who knows? Valid point. Valid Mike, point. are you ready for five questions? Nope. All right, here come five listener submitted questions on Mission Impossible Fallout. All right. Question number one: Do you believe that Tom Cruise really does his own stunts, or is that just a PR effort for him and his films? I don't know. I've heard, I've heard this so long. I, I really don't know what to think. I'm, he's... This sounds awful. He seems a little off to me. So I would think that maybe he does, but... Okay. Well, there, there, this listener submitted that question with two follow-ups. We'll still call oh, it question oh, one. The, the, question, right. the follow-ups are, he's now 56 years old. How long can he keep this up? And... How ticked off should his stunt double be? I'm sure he has a stunt double for some of his stunts. Like, how thankless must it be to be Tom Cruise's stunt double where he just takes credit for doing all the stunts? 
Or do you just get paid the same amount anyway and screw it? Yeah, day off. I, I would take that. I'd, I'd be sitting at the craft table having some cheese. That sounds great. Probably good cheese. Yeah. Question two. The Mission Impossible theme song is nearly as ubiquitous as Star Wars and the James Bond theme hmm. song. Yeah. How did you think it was handled in this film? Fine. I, I expected the same theme throughout, and it was occasional, not too overbearing. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Did no, you, uh, do you disagree? No, no, answer. Good question. good question for the listener. I just thought you'd have a strong answer, given your normal no, no. You have a strong viewpoint no, no. on score. Question number three. Jeremy Renner was groomed to take over this franchise, as he also was groomed to take over the Bourne franchise but is absent in this film due to his commitment with the Marvel movies. Oh. Was that our loss or Marvel's gain? Uh, uh, Marvel's gain that he, wait, 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 so wouldn't it be our gain and Marvel's gain that he wasn't available, right? Like he's- Oh, cause you didn't want him in this movie. No, I don't want him in this movie. I don't want him in any movie. Oh, fair enough. I, I'm not a fan. Uh, question number four. This listener just said, I've liked most of these films, but how has this become a six-film, 22-year-old franchise? I don't know. That's that's a fantastic question. I, we're, we're talking about a movie every three, four years, and uh, maybe that's maybe that's the the secret to success. Don't don't overdo it. Don't do three of them a year. Don't do these little <laughs> sidebar. Star Wars and Marvel Universe. Ving Rhames getting his own spin-off movie. Right, right, right. We like, get a uh, Simon Pegg origin story where yeah. his character. Keep, keep yeah. it interesting every few years. I, oh, I, okay. I would go see another one of these in three years, for sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, question five. Scientology posits that there are two entities housed by the human body a genetic entity whose purpose is to carry on the evolutionary line and the Thetan or spiritual being, which has had innumerable past lives, many which preceded the Thetans arrival on earth and may have been part of extraterrestrial cultures. Is Tom Cruise able to do his own stunts because his Thetan evolved further or spent more time with advanced extraterrestrial cultures before pairing with his current genetic entity? Yes. That's five questions. Thanks, <laughs> listeners. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's five All questions. Right. All right. <laughs> so I would recommend that people see this movie. I enjoyed it. I think it's the best Mission Impossible movie that they've made. I would awesome. strongly encourage you to go see it. Coming up next, Mark Wahlberg's new film, Mile 22. We're going to give it a whirl. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.